Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I lied to you yesterday. We will have to talk about some election stuff today. So yesterday, I know I kind of told you I will continue to do light treading on the election stuff since other people are covering it so much and uh, trying to mix up and vary the topics as much as I possibly can. But the news cycle doesn't always allow for that. But I did tell you that I would go into great detail on Friday or if there was something big. And, well, I've got to go into some stuff. I'm sorry. I just have to. I, I, I keep seeing things online where people don't really understand what's going on. And, and I, I just have to go into that a little bit later on today. So be on the lookout. Probably in the 5 o'clock hour, we'll go over some election stuff that you probably need to know. In the meantime, I want to talk about St. Joseph County. St. Joseph County... Uh, I just, I don't know what it is about St. Joseph. They just, I don't know, man. They can't get their act together. It's, there's some good people in government in St. Joseph County, and I know many of them. Don't get me wrong. It's just that they, I don't know, like everything that they do seems like it's anti-freedom. And it's been that, there's been like this anti-freedom sentiment, even in Republicans in St. Joseph County for some time. And I remember catching heat for it way back when the whole burn ban thing was going on had republicans were really upset about it and some of them even made really silly and stupid arguments that your smoke is impeding on my property rights and it was just so dumb but you know that's that's where that's where we're at you know indiana republicans are not conservative republicans we know that um doesn't mean that they're bad people it's just something that you have to be look you know on the lookout so we got this article here in the paper, which miraculously I saw for some reason, because I don't see anything in the local paper. It's not worth reading, but uh, St. Joseph County Council wants to put some muscle in leaf burning ban. Here we go. I mean, it's a couple of years later than I told you it was going to happen, but here we go. Uh, The leaf burning ban, which by the way, was a monumentally stupid idea and has failed miserably. It has not worked at all period it's a disaster and every single year we have to come here and we have to talk about the leaf burning ban and the people in elkhart and people in michigan they're like stop talking about the leaf burning ban but you have to understand i mean we're basically centered in in st joseph county and (laughs) look I, i know that we cover all those other areas don't get me wrong but people are so ticked about this and what ended up happening is, you know, say so they passed this thing, and instead of waiting for the next year so they can get their act together and actually organize this thing, they, they passed it. And, like, two months later, you had to adhere to this this new uh, leaf pickup program in, this, in the, the burning ban. And it, it, was, it was horrible. They didn't pick up the leaves the first year. Really weird that, that uh, green was – it, was, it, was it green leaf? Was it – I forget the company, but they got the contract. They're in Michigan. They're not even in Indiana. It just it didn't make sense. They didn't have the capacity, the equipment. It, none of it made sense. It was all bad. Everything about it was bad. And I know that most of you already know that. I probably don't have to rehash this too much. It's not like we have been removed from the burn ban long enough for people to, because everybody's reminded once a year of how horrible it is. Uh, it's not like we have to remind you of all the details, but, you know, they did it and it's been awful. And the things that they were supposed to fix for year two, they didn't fix. Year three, yeah, same thing. It just continues to be an issue, right? So it's it's awful. And I, I told you before, I'm like, they're going to start forcing you 
with penalties and fines to comply with all of this, because here's what's happening. People still burn their leaves in St. Joseph County. Do you know why? Because the leaves won't get picked up. That's why. They burn them so they're not stuck with a giant pile of leaves in the middle of the road or on their lawn destroying their lawn. That's why they do it. They're forced to burn or pay out of pocket to have somebody come pick up the leaves and they won't get reimbursed by the government because the government can't get their act together. And here we go. Proposed changes to the county's leaf burning ban aim to stamp out lingering leaf burning, which for the record only exists because the program sucks. As leaders this year gave juggled concerns, have have juggled concerns about leaf disposal and a respiratory pandemic. Oh, 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 see, you see what they did there? Do you see what they did there? Okay. Do you remember me reading you the article from the St. Joseph, Joseph, St. Joseph County Council? And they wrote that article about why they supported fining businesses and everything else. And the article was, was riddled with a bunch of things that were scientifically false and demonstrably so. You remember that? And so I kind of raked them over to Coles a little bit about that. Sentence one, sentence one. In the article, they have to, they have to fine you now because you're burning your leaves and you're making COVID worse. You are making COVID worse by burning your leaves. You horrible, scummy person, you. How dare you? Yes, I know you're only burning them because we don't pick up your leaves and we still haven't got our act together after several years, but it's really you who's spreading COVID. I mean, why do we need to find businesses then? If it's the leaf burners in St. Joseph County that are causing COVID to be so bad, why do we need to find businesses for enforcing mask ordinances? You see, they just... Going back to this text message that I that I got here just a few minutes ago. <clears throat> I mean, it's a fair text message. Don't get me wrong. Hey, Casey, since this is the last-ditch effort, talking about the Elkhart fines, since this is the last-ditch effort, if it doesn't work, will the mandate go away and allow people to not wear masks? And I said, no, they'll find something else to get creative about. Here you go. Your leaf burning in St. Joseph County is causing COVID to be worse. Well, that must be what's happening in Elkhart and Berrien County, too. You see this crap? Leaf burning amnesty periods have been offered in the fall and spring for many years. They would be eliminated. Now, for the record, those stupid amnesty periods, I think there's been one year since they were installed where you actually had good weather to be able to burn your leaves. There's like rain or snow every time you have one of these things. And it's always an issue every single year. I don't even live in St. Joseph County anymore. I'm already irritated talking about this burn ban thing. So anyway, the amnesties would be eliminated and enforcement to control unauthorized burning would be enhanced with more agencies able to first issue a warning and then a fine that could range from 10 bucks to a thousand dollars. Year one, when this, uh, this crap was installed, And I was then told after raking all of my leaves out front, and I was told that they're not going to get to my leaves. And of course I did what a lot of people did because I had a, a flipping eight foot high pile of leaves that was probably eight feet high, eight feet wide, blocking half of the road, half of my lawn, destroying everything. 
causing a hazard on my street for my neighbors who are just trying to drive there. I burned them just like everybody else. It was the only way to reduce the size of the pile to not be a danger to my neighbors in my neighborhood. It was the only way to do it. And I remember at one point my wife going, eh, what, what's going to happen if somebody comes by? And I said, there's no enforcement in, in the ordinance. What are they going to do? Come by and ask me politely to stop burning? All right, well, I'll stop doing it until they leave and I'll burn again, which is exactly what people are doing, by the way. And so now what they want to do is they want to make it a finable offense because you're making COVID worse, according to this newspaper article. <clears throat> newspaper, use that term loosely. St. Joseph County Council passed the proposed new ordinance out of committee on Tuesday night with a favorable uh, recommendation, and the full council is expected to vote on it in December. If approved, it would then go to the Board of Commissioners for a vote. Um, You're probably going to lose it there, just so you know. For those of you who have hope in, in the commission shooting this down, I'm just going to put a stamp in that right now. Uh, they're going to probably vote in favor of these fines, too, because the commission has been largely... There's new people on the commission now than there were, you know, in, in some back, back in the day, but uh, largely been okay with the burn ban. Unauthorized leaf burning has been a persistent complaint, according to officials. And again, people are only burning because you're not picking up the leaves. If you picked up the leaves in an efficient manner, you wouldn't have to worry about people burning as much. But you don't, so they have to. They don't have any choice. You either block the street or you kill your lawn. So people burn. The sheriff's department generally has responded to complaints to tell residents to extinguish fires, but because the leaf burning ban lacked teeth, many residents weren't deterred, according to council member Robert Krasinski Jr. Ah, shocking. Democrat District A. Changes aim to make the leaf-burning ban consistent with the Air Pollution Control Ordinance, expand enforcement, and eliminate amnesty periods. So they're not even going to give you a burn amnesty anymore. That's gone. You're not even going to have the burn amnesty anymore. I had told you when this thing got passed, I told you that thing, hashtag told you, that amnesty was going to go away. At some point in time, it was going to go away. Folks, I'm from the desert. And I watched as they banned all types of fires. You couldn't have a fireplace anymore. You couldn't have a fire pit anymore. I watched it happen. And I told you that it happened in the exact same way that it was being proposed in St. Joseph County. And that it was going to happen here. And I have been right every single step of the way. I don't have a crystal ball. I've just lived through it already. We applauded the Board of Commissioners for not approving any amnesty periods this year to safeguard air quality because of the coronavirus pandemic. What we are trying to do is clarify the enforcement to allow not just the health officer, but the county police, along with duly organized fire departments operating throughout the county to enforce the leaf burning ban. That is the council attorney. This is clearly and specifically a ban. It gives the official flexibility to determine if they would prefer to issue a warning or a monetary fine. Okay, so not only are they going to get the fire department in on issuing fines uh, and, of course, city officials issuing fines, but the police get to come to your house and issue fines, too. Who do you think is going to get the lion's share of those calls, by the way? Of course, the cops are. Sheriff's Department is going to have to handle this. Uh, And then they get to decide, whoever's on call, whoever goes out there, they get to decide whether they issue a fine or a warning and how much the fine is. Between 10 
and $1,000. All because you want the leaves gone off of your property and the government who requires that you have the government pick up the leaves or pay for it yourself, the government won't come pick up your stupid leaves. Told you. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am live streaming right now on dlive.tv slash the host. Go check me out on dlive.tv. While you are there, hit that follow button, please. You'll get notifi notified uh, when we go live every single afternoon. So you won't miss a show. Okay. Uh, and if you do miss a show and you want to go back and see a segment, you can go watch a segment. You got three days to do that on DLive. All right. Uh, what else do we have here? <clears throat> All right. So I'm just going to do some, some text messages that are floating in. And a lot of people are commenting on this, obviously, in the live stream. But uh, Casey... Uh, St. Joseph County is as corrupt as South Bend. Uh, yeah, look, there's no doubt that St. Joseph County has a good old boy network type deal happening. And everybody just kind of, uh, you know, rubs each other's back and they're all shower buddies and that sort of thing. Not that there's anything wrong with being a shower buddy. I'm just saying, you know, in, in a political context, it's negative. Uh, but that's it's just how this is. Uh, Casey, this is why people move to Mishawaka. My leaves are picked up twice a week this year. Well, that's because Mishawaka... Here's the thing. Every time South Bend, like uh, like the mayor or the council or whatever, every time South Bend has a problem, every time, and they go, they go on television and they go, we don't know how to fix this. Like, look next door. There's a good chance you'll have an answer that is practical next door in Mishawaka. Not all the time. They're different cities. They're different demographics. They're different issues. I get it. But sometimes they overlap. And... <laughs> And if you just if you just looked at Mishawaka, same thing for Elkhart. Same thing for Elkhart. Republicans and Democrats alike make mistakes in Elkhart. Uh, and every time you go, we just don't know what to do. Look, well, look at Mishawaka. What's Mishawaka doing? <laughs> you know, I, I, most of you know I ride a motorcycle. And you come from Elkhart, okay? And you're on Elkhart Roads. And the moment you get into Mishawaka, you know it. You know it. It's instantaneous. You, you go from to smooth. I mean, it is like that in Mishawaka. Just, I told a buddy of mine who was in uh, Elkhart government that, and he goes, really? Yeah, like it's, and it's that way on three different paths that I take to work. You just, you know, instantly when you're in Mishawaka, you don't need a sign. <laughs> it's, it's the roads. Mishawaka is run so efficient. Now, I get, they got a lot of public debt. You know, okay, I get that, but they're run so well, you know, and, and here's the thing. You got a Democrat uh, council, you got a Republican mayor. They work together. It's, it's weird how that, how that works out when you have nobody who's insane, uh, things get done, <laughs> but nope. Uh, it's gotta be the infighting and the tribalism everywhere else, but Mishawaka. So Mishawaka tends to get things done. Um, you know, a lot of the problems that are facing some of the cities around Michiana could be fixed just by emulating what Mishawaka does, but they won't do it. I don't know why pride, whatever. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, Casey, what happened to all the money used to allocate for leaf pickup? Uh, they awarded bigger contracts. <laughs> That's what they did. Uh, let's see if people think that there isn't a good old boy club in Mishawaka, they are sorely mistaken. Mayor Wood is just a puppet. Okay. But he's an effective one. 
Just throwing that out there. He's an effective one. You can't argue with results. Marewood might be a puppet in your mind, but he's an effective puppet. And I'll take an effective puppet over a, a non-effective independent any day of the week. You know, as long as the city has run well and things are things are doing okay, then, then most people can be happy. Which is why, which is why uh, there is great success in Mishawaka. Look, there's no doubt this came up a lot during the presidential election because of uh, Pete Buttigieg. And everybody kept talking about the Cinderella story and the rise of South Bend. That doesn't exist. Does not exist. Okay? South Bend has not had this massive resurrection. It just hasn't. And they're, they're still losing population. That's, that's, a, that's another one. A telltale sign that South Bend is turning around is that they gained population. Uh-uh. Not from 2018 to 2019. They lost. But you can't get anybody anybody in the local media here to admit that why would they that would mean hurting some of their friends's feelings and they're not going to be invited to the cocktail parties anymore see this is why i'm so good for you guys i don't like anybody and i don't want to be liked by anybody which makes me effective i, I don't have to stroke anybody's egos <laughs> oh man i also tend to have a record of all of the the people who who tend in local government of michigan who tend to be tied to me in some way or, or shape or form they all tend to lose re-election though so <laughs> there is there is that i am uh, i'm a little toxic for re-election campaigns but look i don't have any doubt that there's a good old boy network in mishawaka there is a good old boy network in every city and every town in the country that's i i care less about that and more about how effective is the government and mishawaka has got an effective government they just do and I like Mayor Wood personally. Um, I, I enjoy the man's company. Okay, we're not friends, but I enjoy his company when we get together. Um, I, I like him personally. But, you know, you look at some of these things that, that happened with South Bend. You got the presidential campaign and this mytho mythological rise that South Bend is somehow, uh, you know, was burned down before Pete Buttigieg became mayor. And then suddenly it's like an emerald city, you know, that sort of stuff to steal a line from Reagan. It's It's not. And every time I was interviewed about this on national media, you know, they would always ask me one question. What is it about South Bend that nobody around the country knows? And is that, well, it's universally acknowledged to be the worst run city in Michigan, <laughs> And it is. And I know that there are complaints in other cities, but there is no doubt that every place, Elkhart included, every place around South Bend is better run than South Bend is. Still to this day, it's a disaster. Um, it has tremendous potential that isn't being tapped. Largely, I believe, because of corruption, which is unfortunate and sad. But um, you know, this is this is what you get, folks. I, I I keep trying to I keep trying to warn you about this stuff, and I I get it. You know, a lot of times, ah, you're new, Casey. What do you know? You're from the desert. Things are different here. Nobody's going to take away wood burning anything in the cold weather climates, really, because they have in other places. They have in other cold weather climates. They will do it here, too. I've watched it happen over and over again. And it's always the same process. There's a play. In other words, there's a playbook for this that is kind of distributed by the Sierra Club, which is a radical environmentalist group. And the Sierra Club has a playbook and they distribute it to friendly government officials. And then they start implementing it. It's, it's like the same step over and over and over again. When I talk about how tyrants and despots gain power and some of the strategies for that and how we see some of that stuff happening right now in the United States, it is because there's a playbook 
And that playbook is used by socialists over and over and over again throughout history in multiple countries. And it's always the same playbook and it plays out the exact same way. And you can read it. You can look at the steps we're at in the United States and go, all right, we're on step uh, four or five. We're right there in the whole process of, you know, 10 steps or whatever it is. So you start getting into some of this stuff where you see it repeated over and over again. You see those patterns and you understand there's a playbook. Sierra Club puts out a playbook on how to get rid of wood burning anything in your community. And they've been very successful across the country at getting this done. And they are using it here. And foolishly, you have some Republicans who are supposed to be aligned with freedom and conservatism. Some Republicans out there who are going, I don't like smoke, so ban it. I don't like your cologne, so ban it. Oh, suddenly you're infringing upon their rights. Suddenly it works that way. You know, it's um, it's crazy to watch it happen, and I know that a lot of people don't want to believe it's that petty, but it really is that petty. I told you this was coming. It took a little bit longer than expected because there was more problems with the leaf pickup program i think than they were anticipating and the company that was behind the leaf pickup than they were anticipating and that's why some of this stuff that i told you was going to happen a couple of years ago well several years ago when this plan got started was delayed by two or three years but it's happening and now they're using covid as an excuse to get rid of your ability to burn your leaves and don't think this stops at st joseph county it doesn't there's a lot of people like, oh, thank God I can burn my leaves in, in Elkhart County. Or I can burn my leaves here. I can burn my leaves there. I mean, Elkhart city limits, remember, they just overturned a burn ban. Don't think, don't think that that can't come back. And they're going to use COVID as an excuse. COVID will be an excuse for everything. We've got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Uh, somebody sent me a text, said there's an accident on the westbound bypass at the 19 entrance. Uh, exit at 19 and then go north, they say. So there's an accident on the westbound bypass at 19 on the entrance. So exit at 19 and then go north. Thank you for the information. Do appreciate that. Do you have anything else? Feel free to send us a text at 45364. Also, friendly reminder that we are live streaming on dlive.tv slash Casey the host. Head over there and make sure you hit that follow button. It's free. Local Black Lives Matter chapters have accused the National Foundation of hiding untold millions of dollars in donations from grassroots activists. They're not just accusing. I've talked about this story for a long time. Uh, they're, they're not just accusing them of it. This actually happening. It's... <laughs> It's been a story for a long time. Ten local chapters of Black Lives Matter have accused the national organization for the movement of hiding untold millions of dollars in donations that they have called for increased transparency and equity. Now, remember, uh, yesterday we went over uh, another a Me Too group that had Hollywood celebrities promoting it. They raised millions of dollars, spent zero, almost zero dollars. Well, no, okay. The Biden cancer thing, they spent $0 on cancer research and, and a bunch of money on salaries. The Me Too thing, they spent they spent uh, less on, it was a $300,000. It was like they spent less on actual uh, helping victims, helping actual victims of Me Too. They spent less on that than the salaries of the top three people 
at, at the company, not combined, but in, independently. So it was right around that. So the CEO actually made more money, 340 some odd thousand dollars. I'm trying to draw from memory, but it's ballpark. Like $340,000 a year was the CEO's um, salary, and they spent like 312000 on victims. So millions of dollars being raised, Hollywood celebrities involved, not actually giving the money. We've been talking about the Black Lives Matter thing for a while. Antifa does this too. So like some of the big Antifa groups, they suck in millions of dollars in donations, and they do not distribute them out. They just keep them. So, so then you start running into, uh, this is a big deal with Occupy, where the bigger organizations that organized better, they got all of the donations. And then everybody else who is sitting there living in the street at these Occupy Wall Street camps were wondering why they were still destitute and broke and not getting any of the money that these big groups were getting. And so this is, this is how this is done. They're not interested in fixing any problems. They don't want to. And I told you before. There is a huge difference between national Black Lives Matter and the people who founded it, who are awful, horrible people who don't want any good to come from any of this. They hate the police. They hate white people. They are socialists. They admit they're trained Marxists. They admit this movement was about getting Donald Trump out of office and affecting socialist change in the country. That's their mission. The local Black Lives Matter chapters or individuals who buy Black Lives Matter merchandise or maybe show up at a Black Lives Matter rally and are peaceful people who just want what's best for their community, they're likely not, some are, but they're likely not involved in this mess and they don't know anything about the national organization. But the national organization is an awful, horrible movement, period. There are some good local chapters of Black Lives Matter that are somewhat reasonable uh, throughout the country. And it, it's unfortunate that, you know, you get to a point where it's hard to distinguish between the two. Black Lives Matter chapters in Chicago, Denver, Hudson Valley in New York, Indianapolis, New Jersey, Oklahoma City, Philadelphia, San Diego, Vancouver, in Washington State, Vancouver, and Washington, D.C., signed on a statement that was issued yesterday condemning Black Lives Matter Global Network that's their foundation. The foundation, the statement said, has taken major actions without input from chapter leaders and refused until recently to make any effort to distribute millions of dollars worth of donations to grassroots activists. Right. Because they're just trying to get rich. They don't actually care. They're trying to get rich. <laughs> and every time a group like this pops up, I, I have to giggle and I have to laugh at how shocked everybody is that the group doesn't actually want to fix anything and they just want to get tons of money. And Black Lives Matter has made hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm not exaggerating. Hundreds of millions of dollars. And none of the local chapters got it. And of course, a lot of those local chapters are not officially affiliated with Black Lives Matter. Some of them are. But a lot of them are not. Uh, and Black Lives Matter, of course, wants to be paid for using their likeness for your local chapter. They don't want to give you any money because it's not about that. It's about them getting rich, not you. It's not about affecting change, not on not on a um, an anti-racism level. I mean, all of their beliefs are counter to what would be best for the black community. They're the exact opposite of what we know would be best for the black community. They are Marxists 
who want to get rich and then control everybody else. It's really, that's, that's communism in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen. More coming up, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Uh, just a couple of things. Just you know, We're talking about BLM just a little bit. And I kind of want to go into that and some other groups real quick. Just quick little asides just to kind of give you an idea of what's actually happening. A flashback here. Uh, BLM torches white liberals who celebrate Biden. You're a bunch of bleeping fools. And I went over this one here. You know, what was that? That uh, was November 8th. Okay, I went over that on November 8th when we were talking about that. Again, BLM, they're, they're not Democrat. They're not liberal, folks. They are Marxist. And I'm talking about the national organization and a lot of their chapters, but not all of them. You know, there's some good chapters. The BLM chapter in, in Utah stood with the Proud Boys and condemned racism and violence together. So, you know, there's there's not, it's not universal, but... When you talk about BLM, you know, most of the time I'm going to deviate to the national organization. The national organization is a is a real problem and they're not good people. They're not people who should be followed or anything else, Uh, but they have been very successful in marketing themselves and being able to generate a ton of money. One of the co-founders, first of all, the Black Lives Matter. This is another interesting thing. Black Lives Matter not only admitted that they're trained Marxists. They not only admitted that their goal was to get Trump out of office, that was the purpose of their existence, is to get Trump out of office. Um, They not only admitted all of that stuff, founders of BLM, again, the national organization, the main organization, assisted Venezuela in their election process. An election process which involved Smartmatic, which involved millions of votes being switched in order to help the dictators um, win elections there. So there's some real issues here with Black Lives Matter. Uh, Chinese Communist Party, or the CCP, has long sought to subvert America, while a number of the groups involved in recent riots have ideological ties to Beijing. What are the deeper connections? All right, uh, let's take a look at Black Lives Matter Global Movement. Again, this is their national organization. Well, we end up finding out that one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter has very close ties with a pro-communist China group. You start looking at this, oh, okay, we're starting to... This is Alicia Garza, uh, sits atop the Worldwide Revolutionary Network. It's uh, really a holding company for revolutionary sales. One of the main ones which she founded is the Black Lives Matter Global Network. Oh, isn't that nice? So you start looking at this and you end up finding, oh, there is deep, deep ties to communism and Marxism all over the world with Black Lives Matter. That's who they are. Folks, that's just, I'm, I'm sorry if, if you wanted to believe that National Black Lives Matter was really just concerned with making sure that racism was being stamped out and police were behaving. That's not what they're here for. They're not really interested in any of that. They're interested in exploiting that fabricating stories, which they have largely done. Don't forget that uh, report that came out over the summer. 91% of all violent riots were because of BLM. That doesn't mean that everybody who wears a BLM shirt, doesn't mean that everybody who marches is that way, but that's who the organization is. And a lot of the people who frankly take to the streets on their behalf don't know that. They don't. Uh, Some of the other things that that we have run up to here uh, lately. One of the... uh, where is this story to? 
one of the the groups here that is a it's a black nationalist group a black nationalist group and it's run by a white lady but it's a black nationalist yeah black nationalist instagram page is actually owned by a white british female okay then you got this one here an anti-hate group leader okay why don't you just just listen to this just bear with me because when i did when i did this story i don't know 13 14 years ago i forget how long ago um doesn't involve this guy specifically but it involved a college professor who got on c-span and called for the extermination of all white people and people are cheering cheering and clapping and i played it on my show and i was the only one in the country who covered it bill o'reilly got to it like a month later and i think it came up on hannity like the next year but is a year old at that point. I was the only one who covered this. And I was I was constantly being attacked for it. Casey, this guy's obviously crazy, couldn't possibly become mainstream. And look where we're at. Look where we're at. So you look at this, all right? This is uh, published just a couple of days ago in November. In 2020, white supremacist racism is roundly denounced and condemned by an overwhelming majority of civilized countries around the world. Far-left anti-white racism, however, continues to be fully embraced by the left. This is true. The most recent example of this comes from Momadou Ba, the head of the SOS Racismo, a Portuguese anti-hate group. Now, this is an anti-hate group. And what did he say? It is necessary to kill the white man. It's an anti-hate group. This type of stuff is spreading everywhere. And if you're not careful, white supremacist groups will seize upon it to recruit people. I warned about this a long time ago. People thought I was nuts. I was way ahead of the curve, way ahead of anybody else in talk radio, way ahead of anybody else because this predated live streaming on YouTube or any of that stuff. And here, the realization, because nobody listens. Extremism and racism are bad no matter what. More coming up.